I have to put my business first as well as the employees. And when you start to see your bank account look so low because you're waiting on all of this money, you have to do what's best. And if it means losing you, that hurts. I'll have to pick up some other clients along the way. But I can't do that. We're, we're too small of a business. They're hedging their money for themselves, for their cash flow. I have to do the same for me. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. This is part two of our interview with Nicole Walter, president of HM Manufacturing. So that was the bad stuff. So that's 2009, 2010. 2011. 2011. Yep. So things are starting to improve. Correct. Yes. Procedures, processes, new hires. You're training. getting on the machines, making parts. No, no, making, no, no, no. But you, you understand. <laughs> you're understanding it better. I understand that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Which is beyond beneficial. It is. Uh, and so I focused primarily with sales. Then I went straight into the sales because now we needed to survive. We needed to grow. We were only doing eighty thousand dollars in sales at that point uh, in 2010. And that's why we only had five months left to cash flow. There was nothing on the books because. It was gone. Yeah. It was just completely gone. Uh, and so today, it's great. We're at $2.8 million. So in, in six years, we've really done an overhaul. I started That's an great. e-commerce site in 2015. Yeah, stop there. I want to hear yeah. about what, 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 what spurred that e-commerce. Because I was, when I was uh, doing the research for the show, um, and I know you had mentioned that you do a lot of e-commerce. Yeah. Um, what, what was driving that? Was it, was it the Formula race car uh, experience or... Or just your customers were asking for uh, inventoried parts? Um, well, we're made to order. So all of our power transmission components are made to order. But pulley stock is everyone can do it. And so I felt that, you know, some of my other bigger competitors had, uh, they had catalogs. And they were doing e-commerce. And I kept looking at my website and I had a lot of SEO on there and I was like, but why are we still ranked the 164th when we type in timing belt pulleys? Why are we 32nd when we're, when we're typing in, uh, gears, any kind of gears. And that's when we finally decided, well, well, that's because you don't have enough, you don't have enough pages. Pages really dictate. You needed content. I needed content and I needed pages and I needed to drive Google to start seeing that I, I had more to offer. Right. So I go, okay, maybe it's time that we start the e-commerce because how else are people supposed to know that we offer pulley stock to get them in the door that maybe if they like our quality, now we can start doing their actual products for them. Instead of them doing it themselves, we can now do it. So the e-commerce is kind of a lead-in. It's a lead-in, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you know, we, pulley stock is in one to two days, and it's you know wonderful quality. It's however you need it to be, whether it's eight inches, nine inches, ten inches. Pay with a credit available. card. We ship yeah. it the next day or exactly. whatever. Yeah, got it. And so that's that's a test, and and that really helped us grow and boost, and and that uh, helped us grow about ten percent, which was which was phenomenal. Yeah, right. I agree. Interesting. I, I always wondered why uh, you had gone the e-commerce route, and you're offering kind of a generic product, very right? much so. Yeah. yeah, and and then 
that gets them in the door. That gets their foot in the door. They get they get to talk to people and they start the engagement with HM. Exactly. Yeah. And they start to experience what we're all about, our customer service, our quality. Yep. And I hate using the word quality because to me it's it's like saying the word I'm sorry. It doesn't mean anything anymore. It does. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a ticket to doing business was yeah, what they but, say. But but true. They could see what HM really was all about. Yeah. So what major changes other than that has has your company seen over the last few years that you said, you know, we really need to pivot in this direction. Obviously, the e-commerce site was one big thing, but congratulations, you just got a new hopping machine on Friday, right? Yes, yeah, super excited about that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, obviously, things are good. Sales are robust. Yes. We're, Very happy with that. What are you seeing driving all of this new? Is it just the economy is doing well, or is it is it the efforts that you're putting into sales and marketing, or, or what do you think it is, Nicole? I think it's a culmination of things. I think it's, of course, the economy has a lot to do with that. I've poured my heart and soul into a new website with more content, um, offering more to my customers. So before, they only knew about timing belt pulleys and gears. Well, now we can do splines. Now we can do shafts. We're able to do more. And they didn't really know that. They just thought of us as just a one or two type shop and we can do more than that. So getting the word out that we're capable of of producing more product for them, being your one-stop shop for all power transmission components. We started adding assembly, which was nice so we could start pressing and bearings. That's your value add. Exactly. Yeah. Things of that nature started assembling gearboxes for them. Uh, and then we started to go down the ISO and AS9100 certifications, which yeah. also helps drive the bigger OEMs, the bigger yeah. OEMs, yeah. the bigger clients your way, which yeah. has helped tremendously. Yeah, that's great. And of course, social media. I mean, that's oh, that's 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 it's massive. It's massive. Everyone's on their phone. Everyone's looking yep. at Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Snapchat. I know it's it's amazing how that really starts to to gear people. I t- it's, it keeps you top of mind. It does, yeah. It does. So uh, recently you were quoted in uh, Crane Chicago Business about this new trend that us manufacturers are, are seeing and hearing that our customers want extended lead times. Oh, yes. Yeah. With payment terms. With yeah. payment terms. Mm. So I, I, why don't you share with us a little bit about what you mentioned in that article and what, what you see with regards to customer terms right now in 2017 and where they're asking you to go? Uh, well, before it used to be 30 to 45. Right. And that's something that as a small business, it's manageable. You can swallow that. When it starts to go out to 60, it starts to become tough. 90 is just impossible. In 120 days, you just it's, you can't swallow that. There's I, no I won't do it either. No. So I had, I had a, a client that came and said, you know, it's 120 days or nothing. And I go, it's been great working with you. I got to let you go. Yes. I love it. That's empowering, isn't yeah. it? I, no. Exactly. You can't do it. And it, no. it, it, is it. Was it a bigger OEM, a bigger client? Yeah, they yeah. were. Yeah. But I mean, I have to be fair to myself. I have to put my business first as yep. well as the employees. And when you start to see your bank account look so low because you're waiting on all of this money, you have to do it's survival of the fittest. You have to do what's best. And if it, if it means losing you and that hurts, I, I'll have to pick up some other clients along the way. But I can't do that. We're, we're too small of a business. They're hedging their money for themselves, for their cash flow. I have to do the same for me. I could not agree with you more. I just had this discussion with my office manager last week. Uh, one of our customers is pushing us to go 60. And I said, I just, I can't do it. 
you know, and I was kind of uh, getting a little lenient. And my office manager said, Jim, stick to your guns. And I said, thank you for saying that because I needed that reinforcement because at the end of the day, they want everything for me. They want Oh, the they wanted it price. yesterday. They yeah. want the delivery. They yeah. want quality. They're going to ping us if we're uh, a day late. That's right. And then at the end of the day, they don't want to pay us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a collaborative, this is a two-way street. You know, I'm giving you my, I'm opening up my heart to you and I'm doing everything I can to make you successful and help you become successful. Now you got to help me and you got to pay me. Right. Because my employees get paid the next week after they work on your job. And then, you know, I got to pay for the material in advance and all the outside services. All the secondary operations. Absolutely. It's just not fair. So um, kudos to you for staying strong. I I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it either. And um, I I think uh, we're going to see a lot more of that in the future. It seems like you certainly have experienced a lot in the short time that you've been in manufacturing. Yes. Why don't you share with us some success stories you've had or some things that our listeners that are just starting out in business for the first time can learn from you on what to do or not to do over the next few years? I think the main thing is trust your instinct. I I feel like people don't do that enough. There's a reason why. And knowing what I know now, I, I knew something was wrong. I should have acted upon it sooner and, and question things. Why are we doing things the way that we're doing? Is it really necessary? You know, just because we've been doing it for 10 years or five years doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing to do. Uh, and accountability. Everyone needs to be accountable of, of their division, their section. I know I still hold my dad accountable for the things that he's supposed to be doing now that he's in R&D. And, and I ask him to keep me accountable too. So if I say that I'm going to bring in three new customers, I better bring in three new customers, right? Because my word is, is pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. So whatever I say, it becomes company culture. And, and we all need to have that same vibe. Yeah. If anyone wants to reach out to Nicole, I'm sure she would connect with them on LinkedIn. It's Absolutely. Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, Walter, W-O-L-T-E-R with H. M Manufacturing. It's hmmanufacturing.com. I'm sure she'd be happy to connect with you. And of course, if you need any of her services, she would be happy to talk with you about it. Yeah. And I made that joke about Nicole's always got the pictures of the big checks, but you do a lot of work um, with trying to fund, you know, the next generation of manufacturing leaders yeah, absolutely. And, and getting them trained and um, writing those checks. You want to tell us a little bit about, about that? Yeah. I think that's important too. Yeah. So uh, I'm a trustee for the TMA Education Foundation. We work with a lot of high schools in the surrounding neighborhoods for uh, their manufacturing programs. And uh, this year alone, we had 25 uh, applications for grants, and each school got some kind of cash. Uh, Some got new lathes, some got uh, surface grinders, um, 3D printers. It's been lovely to see how it's grown I mean, manufacturing before, no one really wanted to be involved in it. Everyone was pushing each other out. Like, no, you have to go to college. And, and I think everyone's starting to realize that that's not the direction everyone should be going to. Um, if you're good with working with your hands, if you like machinery, if you like other avenues of just going to college, then we need to have more trade schools. And I feel like too bad we can't have what Cranes in Ohio is doing, what they were, sh- what they were sharing, yep. is having these summer camps and getting the kids younger, trying to 
trying to engage them and engage the parents. They're definitely the influencers. They are. They and, are. Yeah. And, let's, you know, start, let's start up a summer camp. Yeah. I think, I think that's a great that. idea. And get TMA involved. Yeah. Uh, Whatever we need to do. And, and it's, it's sad because you see a lot of these kids that have the potential in high school that start, you know, freshman year, they're doing um, AutoCAD. And by sophomore year, they're doing advanced 3D modeling. And then they go into the machine section, right? There's different avenues. So if you want to be an engineer, they kind of gear you to just stick with the design and AutoCAD. If you really like working with machinery, then they push you to the other side of, of working with manual lays and bridge ports and things of that nature. Um, but by the time senior year comes and now we're trying to get them jobs, a lot of them say, well, no, I liked it, but I think I'm going to go do something else. And I feel like that has a lot to do with the parents of them saying, well, I thought this was just going to be an elective. Mm-hmm. I think you really want to go do and or pursue a different type of career. And that's a shame. It is a shame. But there is definitely a paradigm shift. Yes, I, I definitely I, I agree. see it. Yes. I, I see it with the applicants that I'm getting at my company. And I, I see a whole new perspective on the industry. Yeah, um, I mean, a, a couple things about that. So we had a we had two episodes, episode fifty six and fifty seven, where we we got into West Leiden and East Leiden and talked to them about their high school um, manufacturing program that they have. And then going back to your concern, Nicole, which is you know the kids aren't motivated to stay in manufacturing. Our friend Jeremy Bout from Edge Factor, that's a big part of what he does is to try to get the parents excited about this is what manufacturing looks like when you make a career out of it. You Mm -hmm. get to innovate new products. You get to, you know, develop the newest thing in, in race cars or prosthetic limbs or, you know, the, the latest sports equipment. You know, it all has to start from that R&D and from, you know, the, the great idea. And then that person has to get in the shop and make that product a reality. You know, you can't just say, oh, I come up with this idea. Let's talk to China and have them manufacture it. That's just not, that, that's just not reality. It's, no. it's, not, it's not how things get done. And no debt. You know, these kids can go straight to work, no debt. They're, they don't need to be a barista over at Starbucks. They're really doing something. And, They're and, driving the economy, and that's what we need. Yeah, and, and it is a change in mentality. I mean, just it was it was just my son's birthday um, uh, a week ago, and uh, he. The kids just turned four, and he consistently he wants to be a firefighter. I mean, like that that kid wants he wants to save lives. He wants to put off fires. I mean, this isn't just a he doesn't just play. He works. You know, he puts on his uniform all every all day every day. Anyway, we went there and we were talking to some of the firefighters there, and and I you know I just asked him. I was like, well, what does it take to become a Chicago? Um, fireman. Right. And, you know, I was like, do you have to go to school? You have to go to college? Well, he's like, no, I don't have to go to college. And I like, kind of broached this to my wife and she's like, oh no, he's going to college. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll talk about it. He's only four. He's we'll got- talk about that later. But, you know, <laughs> but see, but it's it the is- mentality. You yeah, have to go to college. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we're trying to break. That's yeah. it'd, be, it'd be nice if we could do things like Germany where they actually have trade schools mm-hmm. that essentially you do come out with all these certifications and you feel like, hey, this is my diploma. This is, this is my bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. That's what would be the Absolutely. ideal situation. Absolutely. I tell you, Jason, you know, I, I'm sitting here and I'm talking, listening to you talk and, and you and Nicole, and I kind of get a little introspective and I think, man, I just, I just, this is what I love about doing the podcast. I love that we're able to bring in people that have had great experiences in this industry and be able to share it with the entire country, the entire world for that matter, just to know that they're not alone, that they are 
the experiences that they're having and going through now, the pains, the successes of running a small manufacturing company are just, you know, how many people went through what Nicole did? Um, I mean, I've never had that, but I, I can certainly see how that could be part of what could happen. Yeah, I feel but, like we need we need to go a little bit deeper into this, actually, and say, what do manufacturing leaders need to look for to make sure that there is not this um, this this type of activity going on in, in their company? Um, I mean, well, it's what I, this Nicole is a real said. Problem. You, I mean, it Nicole's is. story, the stories that I that I heard from um, from a client of mine. I mean, it's it's a bigger problem than what we realize. And I think that you know, for the sake of manufacturing leaders that we're trying to equip and inspire, maybe we need to dig a little deeper into this subject matter. I think I think that's up for a future uh, episode. But w- with that, uh, I just want to tell everybody that if if they enjoy what they hear on the show and it gets you excited, uh, go to iTunes, rate and review us. Love seeing those five-star reviews, and we love hearing your comments. I just want to reiterate that Jason and I are going to amp up and reboot the Make and Elevate Mastermind series. Uh, there should be new stuff on that coming out in the next few months. And don't forget to tune in to uh, the Marketing for Makers series with uh, Red Caffeine and Julie Poulos that comes out every month. And uh, with that, I'd like to share with you what my dad always used to tell me. Nicole, what did my dad used to tell me? If you're not making chips, then you're not making money. Bam! Bam. (laughs) All right. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share, and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. Making Chips.